The following is a Barrett Sports Media production. Every sports media star has a story. From the highs... We are number one. We just grabbed every key demographic. <laughs> to the lows... You're fired! The path to success is always different. To help you learn more about the industry's top broadcasters, Barrett Sports Media brings you the Sports Talkers Podcast. Now, here's your host, Stephen Strong. And welcome in here to the Sports Talkers Podcast, episode number one on the great BarrettSportsMedia.com. Welcome in. My name is Steven Strom. Quick introduction of myself, then we'll get into the meat and potatoes of the podcast. If you didn't read the article from last week, and then we'll get to our guest for today, which obviously I have to tease. Let's first start with myself here. My name is Steven Strom at SSTROM underscore on Twitter. I'm a broadcast assistant for the Miami Heat. I do color commentary for Nova Southeastern basketball in Fort Lauderdale. And now I'm a podcaster for Barrett Sports Media. I'm really excited about this project. So let me just explain here quickly what this is going to be about. This podcast is for the broadcaster, the younger one, the older one, the aspiring one, whatever broadcaster you are. This is also for sports media fans. If you're a fan of a host, if you're a fan of a play-by-play, whoever it is, this is also for you guys. And the show is going to focus on the path of these broadcasters, the journey, the highs, the lows, the best ways to break into the field mixed in with the current sports media news, whether that's Christopher Mad Dog Russo on First Take, whether it's Troy Aikman's new deal at ESPN, I want to incorporate that as well. Now, the best part about all of this is not only am I asking for you, for my audience, but I'm asking for myself because I am one of you guys. I am an aspiring broadcaster. I am 24 years old and still trying to get better. We're always trying to get better here. I am one of my listeners, and I want to squeeze every last ounce of information and advice I can get from these guys and gals to help myself and to help you guys. I think this is something everyone in sports media has craved for a while, just a specific podcast for broadcasters for these people to give us any sort of advantage, information, tidbits, whatever it may be to help us get to where we want to get to. Everyone's story might not resonate with you, but you might take away certain things like, hey, I did this or hey, I should try to do that. And that's the goal here. We want to learn something new every single time we speak to one of these people. And of course, we're here for entertainment. I'm going to ask the tough questions. I want to get funny stories from these people. And it's all about entertaining, informing, applying, absorbing, and sharpening your craft. That's what we're trying to do here. We have a tremendous lineup with some of the best broadcasters in this business. So without further ado... Here is our first guest here on the Sports Talkers podcast, Fox Sports Radio's Doug Gottlieb. All right, very excited about this one. Doug Gottlieb is with us now, host of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio on the iHeart app. Also a basketball analyst for Stadium, Compass, and Westwood. Very excited for this one. Doug, thank you very much for carving out some time for me today. Steven Strom here. How are you doing? Good, Steven. I'm, I'm glad you reached out. I'm excited. So I, we're going to go through a, a couple of things. I want to first start with, with your career. So I played Division three basketball, wanted to stay in the game post-hoops, and, and that's why I got into radio, broadcasting, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you played a season at Notre Dame, then finished up at Oklahoma State. You hold all the <laughs> Oklahoma State assist records. How did the thought and when did the thought of broadcasting as a career enter your mind? Uh, when I was a kid. So I, I grew up in Southern California, and every summer, 
we would go to New York for like two weeks. My dad and my mom, my mom's from Connecticut. My dad was New Yorker. And between listening to uh, Jim Rome, who was on late at night, uh, and then eventually, I think he moved to afternoons right when I was finishing up high school or into college. And then there's a guy named Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. Um, and then he did afternoons in San Diego, but it was a big blowtorch station. It's actually Dan Patrick's brother ran that station. And then uh, when we go back to New York in the summer, my dad would drive me around to play hoop, like in the city. And um, uh, it was Mike and the Mad Dog, Mike and the Dog. And so I, I fell in love with sports radio then. And then um, I, mean, I always wanted to do the, you know, I was always uh, somebody who thought and saw the game at maybe a little bit higher level than other people, but also I have a big mouth. I just don't stop talking, <laughs> especially when I, was, when I was a little kid. And I'll, I'll never forget like my senior year in high school, um, my high school coach who's become a very famous junior college coach in California had us over, me and my, my uh, teammate and close friend over. And he actually went to Notre Dame the year after me. And he says, boys, I can't wait to see you guys play in the NCAA tournament. And Dougie, I know you're going to broadcast this thing one day. So my my thought was in going to Notre Dame. Notre Dame is one of those places with incredible connections. Uh, play as long as you can play, hopefully in the NBA, maybe overseas, and then either coach or be a broadcaster. So that was that that was before kind of college, and then um, when I was at Oklahoma State, uh, there was there's a local guy named Robert Allen. And he took a two weeks off in the summer and I stayed in the summer and did his show one time. And I how really old were you at it. that point when you took, when you, when you filled in, I was probably, I was 21, 22. Wow. Um, but I also, you know, I, I was on Jim Rome's show. I was like his college basketball correspondent. Um, I started doing, um, all night with, uh, Todd Wright on ESPN. I was like, it would be like a weekly segment. So uh, I think those were, those were the influential times in terms of sports radio. Anyway, I kind of worked through it. It was great for me basketball-wise. Uh, we lived in a hotel right, uh, right off campus. That part stinks, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was rough. But then I, I came to play in Oklahoma City for the Storm, coached by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, <laughs> USBL's at May and June League. And what I did was the owner, because the owner, I was a draw in Oklahoma at the time. This was before the Thunder. The owner not only paid me a lot of money, he employed my, my wife. She was like head of like corporate sales. And then I did a daily radio show for the same radio station while playing at night for the team. Wow. And then, you know, Kareem was a tough one. It was hard to play for. But he, I, I believe, and we've since kind of hashed out, he really didn't like the owner and how the owner handled things. And how the owner, he felt like force fed of me, like, this is your guy, you have to play him. Sure. So he only played me like half the game and I was playing really well. And, you know, it was like one of those, it had to be annoying. The crowd liked me. I was running my mouth and having fun and I was doing a radio show. And so at some point in time, we were playing a game at the Myriad, that's the old arena in Oklahoma City. And it was like two games in a row that I had way outplayed everybody else in my position. And I just got pissed and decided to walk away from it and just do the radio show. It was just a, it just wasn't, it didn't feel good. So I started doing the radio. I called all those same guys. And uh, 
got a call from a buddy who was with this guy named Dan Sear, who was new coordinating producer of college basketball. And he brought me up. I did an audition. He offered me a package of eight to 12 games. Wow. Yeah. And then before I committed, I went to Larry Bastida, who was my radio boss in Oklahoma city. And I said, Larry, I can make, you know, um, Z if I play overseas, if I go to France right now, I have a standing offer for Z. I can make, you know, X doing games, but it's only like, you know, eight games, you know, I'm sure I can get some other ones, but I need Y in order to equal Z. And he was like, okay. So I made way more in radio than I probably should have right away because I had a reputation and I kind of had a little bit of leverage, but the leverage was different as basketball. And that's how it really got started. That was great, Doug. Thank you for sharing that. And my second question is going to be easy. You know, because you were a player and you have an idea of what these guys go through, does it change the way that you criticize players when you're on your radio show and, and different outlets? Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, I think my voice and my, the things I believe in have always been different because my dad and brother are coaches and I do coach, I coach now. And, um, and because I played and I, you know, I think players call bullshit, most of them. Now, some of these guys now they're on TV. It's really hard. If you're like it, the NBA is a hard one because those guys are totally sensitive. You know, they, they are in fact better than anybody else on earth. They do not take the criticism well. And then, you know, like, think about it. If, if Barkley's critical, well, he's just an old head. He's just grumpy. Never won. Sure. You know, whereas, you know, JJ and those guys, I think they're really good in their analysis, but there's times in which they have to be a little bit more gentle. Um, yeah, JJ gets so really offended. Like, I mean, I, you saw probably the clip yesterday. Uh, I don't know when this is coming out, but there was an argument uh, or a debate with Stephen A. Smith, Mike Greenberg, and JJ Redick. And the way that Redick came off, like he's turning his head to Stephen A. He's he's taking it. To me, that's a little bit unprofessional. I don't know how you took that, but it was kind of like. Yo, we're, we're debating sports here. You're kind of giving us attitude. Like you're turning your head, you're putting your hands behind your back. That came off as kind of like, all right, like he's great, but there are some, there are some flaws like that, that drive me nuts. Yeah. I, I don't want I, I don't watch every segment. I'm not going to sit here and do, I know some of what you're talking about. Yeah. I would say, I would say that, you know, he's feeling himself a little bit. I, I think what's interesting is, you know, these guys, some of the new guys that have come in, the rules, should be on some level the same for them that it is for Stephen A and those other guys in terms of like, I've never minded when dudes turn their back to you. Like if it's, but if like it does get to a certain point to where you're rude and they can be a little curt with Stephen A, but part of it is, I think they are, they're fueled by an anger in the league of Stephen A talking about things that don't act aren't actually a reality. Right. Mm. Like what? Um, um, I mean, I, I personally think the whole like ranking of dudes, the pecking order of like, all like, it's just nonsense. Just, it's, it's just talk. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I think that Stephen A goes, he goes to lengths from saying dudes are terrible or he, you know, believes that guys should play some of these reputation guys and where, right. you know, there's a reality to, what guys can do and what they can do. I don't know. You'd have, I'd have to go into like a specific debate, but I think that, that, that skip and Stephen a 
and and Skip probably even more so than Stephen A. But both of them for are sure guys that guys that didn't play that are just they're just hot takers. Yeah, and you yeah. had said something about Skip that I wanted to mention because I think it's important for you to speak up and say, you know, you can you can give your basketball analyst, but let's not name call. You know, why did you have an issue with that? Well, that's like rule number one, right? Mm. Like you just don't you just don't call people names. And I thought I thought it was kind of embarrassing to the profession when, when you do that. You know, like you just don't call people names. Like we're we're grownups. I, I I get that on some level it's a it's a pickup of the old Jim Rome stuff. Even Jim's gone away from it. Jim's stuff was really funny. Um, I didn't, I, I think it was, you know, I called him Chrissy Bosch or something. Like, look, I didn't think Chris Bosch was the toughest dude either, but there's just a way in which you can, I, I just didn't think it fit. Yeah. You know, you think it fit. And it's like, we've been here. It's, it's kind of hack because it's a copy of Jim Rome, Chris Everett, you know, Jim Everett going back 25 years ago. Like come up with come up with some new stuff, um, and you know, like I just those guys aren't equipped to be able to just hey, oh he's not soft. Okay, well let's go to the video. You tell me what this is. You know, tell me what's going on here. You know, if 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 JJ and CJ McCollum want to defend, and I don't, I like the other day I saw they got really offended about um, about something that was said. About who was it? About Russell Westbrook. Westbrook attending the press conference, Arvin Ham's press conference. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought there's actually a really good discussion to be had there. Yeah. That wasn't had. The discussion is like, well, do you go? You know, and do you go? Honest to God, do you go because you're trying to curry favor? Like, I I think Russell Westbrook went because Darvin Ham made him feel like he's part of the plan, and I'm sure Russell Westbrook went because it, he doesn't want to leave the Lakers. Sure. Sure. He doesn't want he doesn't want to be like sent out to Houston where they'll buy him out and then he plays on a two million dollar deal for a team he can't control. He's from LA. He's always wanted to be a Laker. He wants to make it work. He wants to blame other people. That's fine. You know, he shows up. But I think I thought there was a real discussion there where those two, in my mind, felt like just teamed up on Stephen A. And it was it was uncomfortable because so I don't, uncomfortable. I don't I don't know what is that Stephen A. said he shouldn't have attended the press conference. Yeah, he said he shouldn't have. Yeah, he said he shouldn't have. I don't no, know why. Yeah, they all should have been there. Yeah, right. I, I've never, been, but I've never been through that. CJ has, JJ has. There's the discussion that you should have. Have you attended all these? Why did you attend certain ones? Why do you not attend other ones? What is the what is the thinking behind all? Sure. That so that didn't happen. Um, so I don't know, man. I I can. Uh, so anyway, to back to your question. Um, usually, usually what I do is, um, story comes up. I have a bunch of friends who are in the NBA. Uh, the guys are the best for the video guys because the video doesn't lie at all. And I had a, a kid who I had coached who was in the video room with the Suns going back uh, a couple years ago. And I'll never forget the Lakers traded for Tyson Chandler. And I love Tyson Chandler. And he's the greatest dude ever. But I called my buddy with the Suns. He's like, Tyson Jones is the greatest dude ever, but he can't play basketball anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And then he had, his, I don't know if you remember, his first night he helped the Lakers win the game. Yeah. And then I was like, bro, he's still got it. He's like, dude, he's got like three games, and then his body <laughs> will give up. And sure enough, it was like three games, and he, I don't think he barely played the rest of the year. He was just done. Anyway, so my point is that some things I see and I have an opinion on, 
I know enough. You know, if I watch the NBA Finals, but I'm not going to lie and say I sit here on League Pass and watch games every night. You know, if I watch it, I talk about it. Otherwise, I talk to other people, and I do this in the NFL. Talk to other people, get a sense for what their reputation is, and then use that as the basis for some sort of argument. Sure. And uh, that's so. And I think when you talk the real talk of the NFL, of the NBA, for the most part, NFL and NBA guys, they're not offended. Major League Baseball guys, they're not offended. It's when you just say something out of your ass, and then and you use words and phrases and expressions that don't fit the discussion that you lose people that matter. And that's a hard one because the truth is that to make money or to make headway or to get clicks, you don't necessarily have to talk the talk. I know. I know. But in order to maintain what I think is a level of dignity and respect from where you walk into the locker room or you see a guy out of the bar and they don't go like, bro, you don't know anything what you're talking about. Um, You have to, you have to do that level of work. And so that's the, I think that's the harder balance more than what you say and how it's critical. The balance of being unique and professional. All I hear about is, you know, you want to break in this industry. You, you've got to be a little bit different than the next person, but at the same time, you don't want to be so different that you come off as unprofessional. How do you find that balance? I just try and be me. Um, I think if you're you, you don't have to remember to get into character, you know? Um, so um, I just think be me and allow the natural emotions of it. I, I would also say it was different getting in because I was, I played. So, you know, you get it's in different roles. And like, if you're doing play by play, that's a different role than me doing, you know, doing a radio show or being an analyst in a game. Sure. But I, I just, I don't know, like calling games, it takes you a couple of years to figure out who you are and how you want to sound. And even that kind of morphs and changes over time. Um, that's why I think you need, to, you need a lot of reps. And it's the same thing with doing radio and same thing with doing play by play. Like you got to get to a place where, yeah, you're unique and different, but if you're just yourself, that's unique and different to somebody else. You know, it's, if you're trying to do the big radio voice on play by play. But some people are like that, Doug. Some people like I'll, I'll talk to them after they do a show or something. And I'm like, Oh, you're, you're not the same. You, you're, you were kind of in character. You don't sound the same. It does. It works for some people. Um, but you asked how to be unique to me. The best way to be unique is just Fair be enough. yourself. You know, and and, you know, ride or die with you uh, above some other made up personality. All right. Last one, because I was listening to you yesterday. Um, Again, I don't know when this is coming out, but the Sean Watson thing is going to be headlines no matter when we drop this. Doug, it like makes me cringe when I'm in the car because I'm like, just I don't want you to screw up. I don't want you to screw up. Like those topics are so hard to discuss, especially in this climate. How do you? I mean, you, you did a really good job. You and your group, uh, Dan Beyer, Ramos. How do you prepare for those sort of discussions? Because those are incredibly scary, especially I would never, I have a podcast. I wouldn't, I would not discuss that because of the fear of saying something offensive or whatever. You're on a national radio stage. How do you, do you prepare differently? Do you make sure you have everything? Walk us through that. Well, um, I don't, we, we prepare, we know what the subject is that we're going to talk about. And I tell them, you know, and hey, in this segment, we're going to go around the room and to make sure your mic's on to pay attention if you can. Dan's hard because in that show, he also has other shows that he has to do updates for. Um, but the, the general premise is I actually it's one of the reasons it's better to involve other people, because when it's just you, if you say something dumb, like it's just kind of out there. Whereas if you're having a conversation, 
And so one of those true. guys said you, said, you said something that was really a third rail topic is, you know, third rail is the subway. That's the electrocution rail. If you say something that touches the third rail, like they're going to kind of grab you in time, you know, hopefully. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, like, look, dude, we all, there, there is a level. Rosillo and I have always said like, man, we, we get it. There's a topic out there and it may have nothing to do with sports. And he'll text me or I'll text him like, that's the show we really want to do, right? There are places we really, really want to go. Um, but you just can't. And so I think you, li- you learn over time. And I've stepped in the third rail. I've said some dumb stuff before. or what's pre- And not dumb because it's truly dumb. Some because it's dumb. A lot because it just comes out in a way in which is perceived sure. far afield from the reality. You know? And, and you also got to be careful of not getting caught in tangential rants. Because what gets you in trouble you know, and everything is not what you're going to say. It's the, and, and then you throw in something, all of it. We watch all of these guys when anybody who gets in trouble or anybody who says somebody's name, that doesn't make sense or whatever. It's never what they're prepared to talk about or plan to talk about. It's the, and, and then you, you add in a word, a phrase, a name or whatever, or something else you're thinking. And that's when you screw yourself. So stay away from the ands if, if you can, but I, I try to go places that other people won't go. But I do know where that third rail is. Occasionally, you step on in it. But again, that's the kind of uniqueness to me. Like, I'm one of those guys that you know, if there's a a pause in the conversation with another person because there's something uncomfortable between us, I just talk about it and <laughs> talk it out. Yep. And and then there we go. But I mean, I look, I've done dumb shit before. I've lost gigs because of it. I mean, the white man's perspective thing was a dumb line. Welcome back to New York, guys, and um, it's going to be a good night. I think we're going to have four terrific games tonight. I, I really do think that they're going to be pretty evenly matched as it should be for Sweet 16. Cream rising to the crop. I don't know why you guys asked me. I'm just here to bring diversity to this set here. Give the kind of white man's perspective on things. Okay. Point guard position. No, no. <laughs> okay, just check it. <laughs> Marquette, Miami. Probably oh. you guys. No, I'm just uh, checking, man. I'm just checking. You, uh, you, you jump right into it. You swim it hard. Okay. Hard. <laughs> Up, upstream, I might add. Trust me, we'll get you back before All the right, end of the night. So I, I, for me... That was supposed to be something else that I screwed up. and I, I know where you were coming that. from with that. I listened to that. I know you were trying to be very right, lighthearted. Right. I, yeah. And like in hindsight, <laughs> you know, like I, I could have used the like a factor of the prom. You know, I'm just happy to be here. I could use that one. Or I mean, I, I should, you know, it's like one of those like you walk yourself back to like, what was the win and try to make people laugh? And I don't, I don't know. So like, look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I haven't foobarred plenty of very good opportunities in my life. Um, and, and hopefully there'll be more. So I'm, I'm probably not the best guy to ask for in terms of those topics. But it, it always, it really is interesting to me that people will hire you because they like the uniqueness of your opinions, but then they don't like the uniqueness right. of an opinion. Right. And they're out on you, you know? It's like, what? Yeah. So... Um, it's a hard one, but it's, it's one of those things to where relationships really do matter. And, um, if you don't foster them, then somebody else will. And, you know, they may not be as talented as you are, but they have a relationship with somebody that matters. And that's true in any business, not just this one. It's not. It feels very important in this one though. How important is it in this one? Networking and, and everything, but how is that any different from. Pick a job. They all, they're all like, coaching's like that. You hire dudes that you know that you like, you know, because you can, maybe, maybe most people don't trust anybody, 
but you're you're more trusting of people that you know than of people that you don't know. We don't mm -hmm. trust the unknown. That's a very human factor, but also a very American thing, right? We don't we don't trust the unknown. And um, you know, I mean, heck, I came to work for Fox because Jamie Horowitz was running the, the daily TV stuff and Scott Shapiro was running the radio. Jamie had run um uh, what was Colin's show at ESPN, Kyle? I can't remember what it's called. The uh, Herd? What? Uh, oh, no, well, uh, Sports Nation. Sports Nation. He had yeah. created Sports Nation. His whole crew is really like, they have expression like he's one of us. Like you feel like you're one of, one of a, a crew of people that we all, we're all in on the same joke, sure. you know? Um, and then Scotty was the producer. And then he was like an executive producer of Mike and Mike. Yep. I know and Scott. So, yep. Scott's a big, yeah, I'm a big I mean, Viking fan. So me and Scott get along. There you go. So I think for me, there was a lot of comfort in that because when I went to work for CBS, radio, I didn't know anybody and TV, I didn't know anybody. And so when you say something like, whoa, you know, <laughs> I mean, look, look, all these companies are different too. You know, when I was the ESPN, and again, I don't know if it's like the sound, if I haven't, been, I haven't worked there in a decade, um, but I was the ESPN, it was just like, you go in and you ask for things. You say, hey. You need me, you need me, you need me. And, and again, some of this is relationships because I've been in the building so long and I lived there and I knew people, but some was just like putting yourself out there. Hey dude, if you need somebody for whatever. And I did everything there. It was so much fun. I got to CBS and I was flying back and forth from LA to do college basketball. Yeah. And they had that tops pregame football show on a Sunday. And so I, it was just like crazy to me. Like I would, I would take a, I would do my TV show on Friday, go get a red eye, fly to New York, sleep on the plane, get there, take a nap, take a shower, get something to eat, go and do six minutes of television and then fly home. And so I, I asked my executives like, Hey, I'll stay another day and do tops. And I think that guy's thought was, well, he's doing a radio show. I had a TV show at the time and I'm doing college basketball. Like how much does this guy want to do? Like it was almost like a greed thing. Sure. Where, this is kind of a, how I built my business, how I survived was just make myself available to anybody and everything, you know? And if you're going to have other guys on the panel that are sports radio guys, and I have a TV show talking about all sports on the same network, it's not that far-fetched, right? Uh, but at the time, they just, that wasn't how they were built. And they were like, look, we have people, that's their sole job. You're asking to do their sole job. I was like, no, 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 I'm not asking you to do, I'm just saying like, hey, do you want to make it work financially? So that you're not paying, you know, $2,000 for me to make it, to do six minutes Unnecessary. Yep. to yep. make any sense. Yep. So, but again, how that's perceived based upon the company and how they do things is really interesting. And if you don't have those relationships with people where they don't know that you're a more guy, I'm a more, 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 more guy. That's how I am. Then it could be perceived negatively when it's not. 100%. Doug, I really appreciate you coming on here. Really great stuff at Gottlieb Show on Twitter. Keep up the great work. It was awesome meeting you. Thank you again for jumping on. Uh, I'm sure everyone is going to love this and, and the advice that, that you, uh, you gave us in this pod. Thank you again. Always say yes. Thank you for listening to the Sports Talkers podcast with Stephen Strong. A reminder that each episode can be found on iTunes, Spotify, and most podcasting platforms. To stay up to date on future episodes, visit BarrettSportsMedia.com.